Hello, welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm Casey Rossi, your transformative business coach. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. This is Casey Rossi here, your transformative business coach. My guest today is Mackenzie Pecoretto. She is an integrative health expert and also a recipe developer. She founded her blog, MackenziesTable.com, to share recipes and tips and thoughts about general wellness and how to live a vibrant and enthusiastic life. She's a wellness junkie like myself. And I am fortunate enough to call her a friend. So welcome, Mackenzie. It is so awesome to have you here. So much for having me. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm really excited because I know you have lots of exciting things on the docket. I always um, look forward to getting your email on a weekly, which actually says a lot because I've deleted so many people because, as you know, like your inbox can be completely flooded. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I I really look forward to your words. It's fresh. Your recipes are just like creative and something that people can do. You know, they're not so overwhelming. So I'm excited to have you here. If you could maybe just share a little bit about you and your background to kick our listeners off, that would be awesome. Yeah. So I grew up, as you know, my mother, uh, my mom is a naturopathic doctor. So I grew up in this health world with herbs and vitamins and um, learning how to swallow them at an early age and kind of just being surrounded by health a lot. And I didn't really ever think it was going to be my thing. Honestly, I got into fashion in New York and got into real estate, which all sounds very fancy, but was just all not my thing. Um, (laughs) So it kind of came full circle like three years ago when I enrolled in the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I and a lot of people know it is that. Um, I saw an ad and I was like, this makes sense. I already talk about health and wellness and food to all of my friends and family. And why am I not doing this as my thing? So it's kind of a full circle moment. I enrolled in the school, didn't look back, and then started my blog two years ago. Um, which was really just an outlet, like you said, to share mostly recipes and a lot of tips and just different thoughts on wellness. So that's kind of how I guess the short story of how everything came together. Yeah, I love that. So I'm really curious, like when you were growing up and um, having a mom also passionate about wellness, did you like initially embrace it or just kind of like follow directions? Or did you kind of kick and scream along the way when it was like, take this green stuff, swallow these pills today? That's a good question. I think because it started at such a young age, I mean, I was like five or six when she was getting her doctorate and I remember her studying like on her bed. And it's funny to think of her now being a little bit older than I am doing that. Um, But it started so young that you didn't really, you weren't like 18 where you're like, mom, stop. It was just like a part of our life. I definitely didn't love the liquid vitamins before I could swallow (laughs) regular orange juice. And then we'd have a mini one that would basically be brown, just full of like liquid herbs. And I'd like want to go to the bus and she'd be like, you're not going to the bus yet. And I would just try to sneak away or like have to plug my nose. It's the reason why if I ever take a shot now, which is rare, I have to plug my nose still. And I, um, So yeah, I think there was some of that, a little bit of kick and scream, but I think for the most part, um, we just embraced it. I think in school, I felt like the weird kid sometimes because I was the only one. She tells the story that in second grade, I came home crying 
crying because I was the only one with brown bread and like asked why. Um, and so now it's kind of funny, but there were times where I just like, I, I remember trading grapes for a fruit roll up once. And I was like, I got the butter end of that deal. Like I just wanted to roll up. So I think for the most part, she really educated us. It wasn't like you have to have this. It was more of like, this is why we're doing this. or this is why this is good for you. And she was before the whole organic movement even happened. So it wasn't really cool. And it wasn't really wide known. Mm -hmm. and, um, there weren't a lot available in the stores. I mean, soy milk was the only alternative milk available besides dairy at the time. Um, so she wasn't crazy. I mean, we still had frozen fish sticks at times and like she let us go to McDonald's like once every like six months. So she wasn't crazy in that regard, but it definitely instilled, I think, just an understanding of what's important and what's not. That's amazing. I mean, that's a huge blessing. And um, I just chuckled when you mentioned the shot of like brown juice because like years ago I grew wheatgrass and in order to get it down, I had to plug my nose and then I would always do like a, like a orange slice after or something. It's funny how citrus sometimes cuts all the ick, <laughs> you know, but I remember learning to swallow pills until like a little bit later. It was just hard. And so it was definitely a motivation to learn to swallow them so that I didn't have to have a drink anymore. Um, yeah. it, did it. it didn't taste good. Absolutely. So now that like the health conscious movement is a little bit more in full swing, obviously, than it was 20 years ago. Um, how do you kind of stand out in a marketplace that has a little bit more of a broader reach? It's funny. I think sometimes it's easy to focus on that there's so many people in this industry. And I feel that a lot, especially with social media or being online. Um, there are so many people making recipes and treating things like holistically and just in the health space, right? So it's really easy to be overwhelmed. I try to focus, I focus a lot locally, obviously being in Rochester, not being in New York anymore or LA or somewhere where there's a lot of people makes it feel a little bit smaller. I have a great network and resources and just great people I'm surrounded by. So I feel like I've been able to make a bigger impact focusing locally. Mm -hmm. um, and then secondly, I think just remembering that your voice is just specifically your voice and that's it. So I try to not compare myself too much. It's really hard. I mean, we all get in holes and I look at other people's accounts that of like a hundred thousand followers and I'm like how in the world you know so I think I try not to compare it but I just try to stick to the fact that no one has your voice no one is you and that's it that's that's your differentiating factor is just to be the most yourself you can and I hear from people a lot that I'm the same offline as I am online which is the biggest compliment in general especially from people like my mom or people that really know me because yes. I just feel like you have to be the peeled back version as much as you're comfortable with um, to stand out. Otherwise, absolutely. 100% blended. I love that. I love two things. One, in such a diverse opportunity to kind of have this web widespread message along social. I love that you went right back in your own backyard. And I think that, you know, I've heard that before, like everything that you need is actually right under your nose, like it is in your own backyard. So I think that that's really, really cool. I also know that you have kind of like this girl gang of, of a support network. And so I would love it if you could talk a little bit about like what that means to you. Oh, that's super sweet. So Honestly, I, it's funny. I didn't think in my late twenties, I would meet like this new group of best friends. I mean, I've grown up childhood friends and I have so many other friends that are wonderful. Um, but meeting them and having friends in their late twenties, mid thirties, who are all kind of doing something on their own creatively, 
Um, and not that they all run businesses or have Instagrams or blogs or any of that, but I just never had such a supportive, genuinely supportive group of people. And that's been huge. And I say that a lot that I love Rochester, but if it wasn't for them, I don't know how long I'd stay or if I would have stayed when I moved back from New York because it was a rough transition. Um, so having, I mean, half of us do have online businesses or do have our own blogs or things going on and then half of us don't. Um, but they're just, they're a huge part of my success. They're a huge part of why I feel supported on a daily basis. And girls can be catty and girls can be kind of jealous. And there, when I say this, I genuinely mean there is not 1% of that ever in anything that's ever happened between us. It's just been like we show up, we support each other, we ask questions. It's this consistent support that I've never experienced. And I think it doesn't mean that everyone needs to have this same group of girlfriends, but you need to find it somewhere because it's not easy doing this kind of work. It can be isolating. I'm sitting here alone in my apartment during the day. Like it's not the same as having coworkers. So I think it's important to find whatever that means for you. Um, people that are like genuinely want your success, not for any other reason. I think that that is really huge. And you're right. I think as solopreneurs, there's that extra layer of being disciplined, you know, not throwing a load of laundry in or like getting diverted. And I think back to your point of comparing, it's very easy when it's just like me, myself and I, and you have access to the Instagram stories and Facebook and really being like, holy crap, it looks like they're so together. <laughs> it's so easy to compare that. And um, very easy to get distracted. So I think having people in your corner in some way or another that you can lean on or you, you can vent to, but they ultimately want the best for you. There isn't a hidden agenda. Um, and there isn't a weird like jealousy thing because that can happen a lot. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's been so consistent because I've been able to kind of watch your journey and, and I see in it and you feel that um, genuineness when when each of you are supporting the other one and I think that's really cool I'm wondering for listeners that are kind of like that's amazing that's my dream like if I could be supported or get plugged in to people who get me and they know the ups and downs of this journey but they don't quite have that yet they're not quite plugged in do you have any tips on how they could cultivate that for their own self a good question. I guess just get out there more. I mean, I met my friends. I had one really close friend, Nicole, you know, from college, and she sort of introduced me to the rest. And we all kind of, it was a serendipitous thing of us all just coming together two years ago and becoming close. But I think it's, you know, go to the places that you want to be or you want to hang out at, and they might be there, or go to events that maybe you wouldn't normally go to, or networking events. And I don't mean cheesy networking events that are like at a hotel lobby. Like, I mean just interesting events, and there's a lot going on. You just have to look for it. So mm -hmm. I would say to try and be around the people that you want to be like, even though it might be uncomfortable. Um, I think having people in your life that are doing similar things as you or can understand some of the struggles is huge because if I didn't have a few friends, that also had online businesses or blogged or dealt with some of the same issues that I deal with or frustrations, um, it can be easier to feel more alone. So I would just say reach out of your comfort zone and like go to an event, sit at a table with people. I mean, we're all just humans and you have to push yourself a little bit. Um, it's easy to stay in the same friend group forever or to stay with the friends you've had for 20 years. And that doesn't mean they're not good people, but it's important to have people around you that are, that get you and that are kind of on the same page. 
Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head with getting a little bit outside of your comfort zone because for someone that's like exuberant and an extrovert and a people person, networking events, it's like party time. It's fun. They get fueled up by being in that social setting. And I think for introverts or people that are a little bit more shy, um, it is a little bit more of a push out of your comfort zone. And for myself, I'm an introvert. And so when I would push myself to go to networking groups, it was like, well, I'm here, but I would be in the back like, of the row and be like, I mean, obviously I can talk to a wall. I love to talk to people, but I hate those events. Like I, really? yeah, like I hate the word networking makes me cringe. Like I actually don't like it. And it's not a negative word, but there's this association with it that you have a name tag on and you're standing there with a drink and you're like looking around and that makes me so uncomfortable. It's like going to a party and you know, no one like, I yes. don't that. um, but I'm saying it in a way of like, it doesn't have to be that kind of event. Just go to something, whether it's yeah. a fun branding event or business event or just shopping event. I mean, you can go to places and meet people and just spark conversation. Absolutely. Um, I agree. Like I can be super outgoing with people I know, but I don't like that either. So I think majority of people don't feel comfortable. Absolutely. And even if you have like a bestie or a sister or someone that may not have their own business, but they can be your wing woman, you know, to, to go to these events with you. I think that that's sometimes an easy way to crack into something that's just like, ugh. yeah, yeah, agree. Yeah, for sure. So back to your point about authenticity. I think that I just really want to lift you up because I love your Instagram stories. Like they are so authentic and they do peel back the layer of like who you are as a person and you know, whether you have like a genie pony on the top of your head and you're talking about like an all natural makeup remover or like you're brushing your teeth with charcoal toothpaste. Like it's just like really super fun. And um, is that easy for you or was that something that you had to be like, I'm just going to press play and be me. It's funny because a lot of times my friends will say that, like, I can't believe you talk to the camera all day or like, does that feel weird? And my mom's always laughing at me because she like won't go to the grocery store with yoga pants on, but I'm sitting here in pajamas and no makeup, like talking to a camera. And I think I feel comfortable because so many other people are also showing their true selves, which is really helpful that there is this want and need for people to be transparent. And I think nowadays in social media, we're all much more aware of it. I mean, I like to say that we have a higher like bullshit meter where it's like we don't want to deal with people being inauthentic or people um, not really just being themselves. So I find that the less you're yourself, the more you're going to blend in and people don't find it as interesting. So I guess for me, I've always been kind of like, this is who I am and it's fine. It's probably more comfortable because it is just me and my phone and my house. It's not like I'm in front of a thousand people, even though a thousand people might be looking at it. I can't see their reaction. So I guess, yeah. I um, but yeah, it just, I think the part that keeps me going is the engagement. I find so much more engagement from the stories than I do from posts. We all know like the algorithm and things like that can mess with who's seeing your stuff. And I think with stories, I've become friends with people online or I feel like I'm helping people or, or they'll like verbally tell me they tried something or they have questions. So it's just this instant connection with people. And I think that keeps me motivated and kind of excited to continue to do it because it's just, it's like your own little mini show. And I kind of just treat it like I make myself laugh, like whether or not someone else thinks it's, <laughs> it's fine because I think it's funny. So um, it's kind of, I think, taken a whole nother step to Instagram personally because People hear you, they see your voice, they see, I mean, you can be so much more engaged as opposed to just a solid 
stationary post. Absolutely. It's become a really important part of my brand. I think it's honestly, I don't think it would be the same without it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's very flat and two dimensional to just have like um, this curated image, you know, no matter how inspirational it is. um, And obviously content that you're writing with it matters. But that human touch of just feeling like you're the everyday girl, like it's not just a hashtag, like you are the everyday girl just hanging out on your couch. This is what I'm doing today. Um, What could you share that would maybe demystify that kind of documentation strategy of going live on a daily and and pulling back the veil and letting people see the real you? Like how to go about it? Yeah, like something that like I liked you, you shared the part about like, hey, I'm just looking at it like it's me and my phone. And I think that whole concept is a really valuable tip for people of just like, I'm not thinking a million people are going to see this. I'm just having fun and it's me and my phone. I'm wondering if you have like another tip for people that are just like, oh, how do I do that? I guess I think just like rip the bandaid off. I mean, the other thing to know is that sometimes my friends will laugh because I'll be like, it just took me 17 videos to get that one. Even though it is a real moment and I'm not trying to be curated, sometimes you can't get it out. Sometimes it looks weird and they're left like, really? It looks like you just did it off the cuff. And I'm like, no, like sometimes you do have to delete 18 videos. So it's not always seamless. I just think it's that you have to just start doing it and you'll feel more comfortable as you go. And you might look back. I mean, the one thing about stories that's wonderful is they disappear in 24 hours. So you're not really held that accountable for what's going on. You can save them to your highlights and like you can make them last longer if you want. But I try to treat it like I'm talking to a friend um, or like I'm talking to someone that would want to know the information I'm sharing. I mean, I try to share and what I go by with most of my Instagram stuff is either something that's value in some way. So value could be that it's just funny or it's like humorous, but at least someone's getting something out of it. So I try to either make it like you're learning something, I'm educating you, or it's at least comical and like some kind of funny part to your day. That's awesome. Like just start doing it and don't think about, I really don't think about who's looking at it. If, If someone doesn't want to follow me or watch it, they can, it's like very easy to unfollow. I just kind of, you just can't care, I guess in that way. I love that. That's so useful. I think if like, if someone just takes that one tidbit that you shared and they act on that, I think it could really transform their business. And I think that as with so many other things in our world, it stretches our personal growth limits. So anybody interested in personal development and spiritual development, like being a solopreneur is your platform. (laughs) Like you do not need to go to the Himalaya mountains and meditate for 20 hours a day. It's like be on the solopreneur journey and you will get stretched. Yeah. Well, the thing is most other people, I mean, even though you might want to be in the Himalayas and like doing that, most other people aren't. So I think the more real, I mean, if you're experiencing something and you're sitting on your couch and your pajamas, like most other people are doing the same thing. So I think it adds, it also humanizes you to be like, you're just a human. We're all the same. Um, And I try to be pretty transparent in my journey. Like I don't, I'm still struggling with a lot of things growing. We all are. And so I think to just you know, try and pretend that's not happening doesn't help anyone. So I would just say just rip the bandaid off. And if you're not using stories, you need to be. It's just so much more engagement. It's a whole different level, I think, to Instagram. It is. And I love that um, you're kind of like this fearless yes girl because many people have found you through Instagram and, and actually proposed different business opportunities that maybe weren't exactly into integrative health expert. Could you share a little bit about some of the opportunities that have come your way from people just like 
stumbling across your feed and being like, yeah. this girl's got the it factor. My mom always laughs because she's like, I am astounded by the things that fall into your lap. And I'm like, on one hand, they're falling into my lap. And on the other hand, it's like, I'm still working hard at putting things out and even getting on stories every day. Like it takes effort. There are days I don't want to talk to anyone and take breaks. But the point is that I guess when you're sharing your real stuff, when you're just being authentic, that things do really align. And so I would say that 90% of any kind of partnership or opportunity has come through Instagram for mm -hmm. sure. And maybe they've emailed me, but they found me there to start. So that's been huge. I don't think I would have a brand without it, to be honest. Um, some of the ones, and I don't partner with that many people. I'm really selective. I don't want to be someone who does like the one-off sponsored posts for a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. I just don't find it useful in the long run. And I think a lot of people, like I said, are everyone's just becoming like more aware of these advertisements and I don't want to become a walking ad. So I'm very selective over the people I partner with wanting them to be really to make sense. And then to be like longer term partnerships, not things that are just like, Oh, one post and that was it. So I think my most favorite so far was partnering with Deep Root Farm, which is a local uh, farm here and in Rochester. And I did their CSA, which is Community Shared Agriculture. And I had never, a community supported agriculture. I always get the S wrong. It's one or the other. Um, but I never <laughs> And Eric, the owner, is so wonderful. Wonderful. And he was just starting this farm. And so he reached out and thought my stuff was cool. And he was like, I'll give you a CSA for 20 weeks if you'll post once a week or share recipes. And it was such a natural awesome. partnership because I already am cooking on a weekly basis. I'm sharing what I'm making. I already go to the farmer's market. So it was just so easy for me to organically integrate that in. And it was so fun to support him. And so in that case, it was more of like a trade, but that couldn't have been more aligned. And it was so fun to do that over the summer. Um, okay. And on the flip side, I mean, I've had a company reach out that wanted, like, wanted me to wear a watch and like take a picture with like my making a recipe with this watch. And I'm like, one, I don't even like the watch. If I liked it, maybe. But like, two, this is such a stretch. Like, what what does this even mean? And so yeah. I declined. And I mean, I don't get that many offers, but I think it's important to like put a parameter on what you're willing to do and what you're not. Um, that is. That's amazing. That's such good tips because especially like when people are in the growing stages of their business, you know, year one to three, I think that one, it's flattering when people reach out to you and they want a collaboration or they really like admire what you do. And so it's, it would probably be really challenging to not just be like, um, yes to everything, even in the beginning stages, if it was like a hundred dollars to sponsor something. So I think that your integrity right out of the gate can really teach a lot of people where it's like, have that foundation of where your boundaries are, you know, know your hell yeses immediately yeah. because they're in alignment with you, your brand, your personal point of view and message. And then for the other things, you just sometimes have to swallow hard and be like, no, I have to look at the long game at the yeah. great good of my brand. And so I think that's really cool. And the other thing too, like I know just a little behind the scenes, I hope you don't mind me sharing that, like people have been drooling over your photos and approach you to either use your background in space or have you take the photos. And I think that that goes back to when I was saying like you're a yes girl, not that you say yes to everything, but that you say yes to things that may scare you and you figure it out and then they just come off great. So can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I'm very selective over like certain partnerships and who I align my brand with. So, I mean, there was a big, and I won't call them out, but there's a really big like charity association that wanted to work with me. 
uh, last year. And it was hard for me because I knew I could help people. I knew it was a big platform, but I didn't like who they were sponsored by, who they were funded by, and this background, you know, politics of health, and there's always money involved. So in that case, I almost did it. And I was like, I don't want anyone to Google my name and have it come up with them knowing their background. And one of my friends had a really good point and said, if you say yes to this, you might be alienating future partnerships if they see that you've worked with this brand. And it is just the long game of like, okay, do I want to potentially hurt things down the road with other brands who would also feel that this wasn't good. Um, so that was just not an easy decision. They're a really well-known company um, nationally. And so wow. I just had to do what I felt was right. Um, but in terms of the other things, then there's the flip side where I just quit my day job two months ago. And so, yeah, there's the reality of like a few hundred bucks, I'm going to do it, you know, like I'm going to do whatever it takes. And so the, one of the stories I, I helped actually one of your clients with her um, food photography for her website. Awesome. Yeah, Claudine. Yes, yeah, she was wonderful. I did like catering for a friend's party of 40 people that I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And I've never catered. Like that was scary. I didn't know what I was doing. I was in the store literally like I eyeball everything, right? So I'm like, okay, four packs of mushrooms looks good. Like no idea. So I think <laughs> it's those situations where it is scary, but I also knew I was capable. I also wanted to do it. I mean, deep down, I was like, this is fun. This isn't going to hurt. This isn't like a partnership that doesn't make sense or something like that. It's just a friend who wants to support me, has a party of 40 people for cocktails and needs appetizers. So it was fun. I learned a lot. Um, and then another thing, my friend Nicole was helping um, Affleck with some of their LinkedIn and some of like the local Affleck office. And the first thing she said was, you all need new headshots. And he was like, okay, great. Where do we get those? She goes, let me call my photographer. And she calls me and she's like my best friend. And she's like, do you want to go take headshots of Affleck employees in Syracuse? And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. Because <laughs> I love it. The reality of needing a few hundred dollars. So there is that too. It's not like you can say no to everything. And I went there and I learned that if you act confident in something, people believe you. I'm not Absolutely. a head photographer. I have never done it, but I'm like, step up to the line, toast to the left, put your chin up. I'm acting like I'm taking school photos. Like I had no clue what I was doing. Um, but they came out good. And so there is a, I think it's this fine line of not saying yes to things that don't feel good in your gut or not a good brand partnership. And then there's the flip side of doing things that might be a little uncomfortable, but like you also need to get paid. So there's a reality. Absolutely. And I think that that level, like once you know that line and you're in that, that lined up space, I think that just saying yes to the universe brings more things to you and it allows flow to be like, absolutely, here's an idea that needs to be manifested. I have an enthusiastic person that has some courage and confidence and it just clicks and it lines up. And I think that that's a really good example. You know, at the end of the day, if, if the partnership is going to make you feel icky, that's different. But to go do catering or do something a little out of my comfort zone, like it's not going to hurt. I'm going to learn something. Yeah. So let's do it. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So how do people find you? So you can find me. My website is mackenziestable.com and my Instagram is mackenzies underscore table. Um, and that's the best way. I'm also on Facebook, but I do the most on Instagram and then you can sign up for my newsletter on my blog where you'll go from me usually like twice a month now is the average. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff coming up and it's just, it's a good time. 
It's a really good time. So what is exciting on your docket? What do you have that's that's getting you pumped up? A lot. I've been working on an ebook for the last like eight months and it's kind of become a joke where I feel like I'm on Instagram and I'm like, it's coming soon. So I've just stopped telling people that it's coming <laughs> and I'm just going to announce when it's here. So uh, my friend and graphic designer is helping to finish that right now. It's in her hands, which is good. It means it's out of my hands. Mm, awesome. Very, very close to being done. And then I teach a sugar class locally in Rochester a lot, whether it's at libraries or corporations with employees. And so I just thought, why not get that online? Because then more people can take it. And obviously it's reoccurring income that you've done once. So that's obviously good. So I'm working on getting that online right now and kind of bought a webcam and a, and a microphone. And again, like everything I do, I'm like, oh, there's another freaking learning curve with the tech side of it. Like everything is so tech and you're good at tech. It's like, so much, I'm good at Googling is what I've learned, but that's, not, <laughs> that's all that you need. That is so cool. Like, I feel like that is, that nugget is huge. If you can Google, you can learn anything there is okay. in the tech world. And I used to say that even with people that were like, I don't cook. And I used to be like, if you can read, you can cook. I mean, I don't know if you find that as well, but it's just like, that is truly what it is. No one is birthed this expert, you know, and it's like, don't be intimidated. I think that's one of the stumbling blocks I see, especially with women, new entrepreneurs is I don't know tech. I'm afraid of tech. And it's like, that's the end of the sentence. And they're not willing to open that up a little bit further. And I think that you just have to do it. It goes back to that courage. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like tech. I don't know it. I, get, I've, I mean, I should have done this six months ago. I mean, we've all had these blocks. It's taken me a lot of time to just be like, buy the webcam, buy the mic, Google, figure it out. I hope it's not that hard. So I'm doing it all now, but I want to also remind people that it wasn't always that way. I mean, it takes me a lot to get through that block. Um, and it's easy to shut down. But I think at the end of the day, when you're starting a business yourself, you have to wear a million hats. And yes. to be the accountant and the tech person and the website person and the creative. And it's hard. So I'm figuring that out. That will be up soon. Um, and then I'm working on a membership part of my site, which is the next year, but I'm offer just more, more higher quality content of value that will be accessible strictly for members. So, Oh, that's so exciting. I mean, I was able to attend your sugar workshop over an event. You were the keynote speaker at the hype yoga event over the summer. And I mean, that room was packed. Number one, um, kudos to you because it was just like, like, executed like a pro and really the overall chatter was like people were still getting these massive light bulb moments yeah. of like oh my gosh I had no clue about that you know so like you were delivering these bombs you know yeah and when you're with within the health space or when you're in wellness you tend to surround yourself with people who also get it or know it and so I forget sometimes how important this stuff is and to continue to remember that what you're sharing and your message are needed and important and to have someone, you know, still ask me a simple question about sugar that I'm like, how do you not know that? Not in a rude way, but I'm just astounded that I'm like, okay, this still needs to be brought to people's attention and it's important. And um, I mean, speaking was the same thing. I was terrified. I wouldn't even like raise my hand in school. I have slowly said yes to these things because I wanted to get better at it. And now I feel like it's one of my favorite things to do because when you're talking about something that you enjoy, it's very different than like a project on elephants and like something you don't even know. <laughs> talking about you know like in school I'd be terrified but now that I'm like I put this together this is my information this is my talk and you're just speaking what you know there's nothing to be 
nervous of. So yeah, thank you. It's nice to hear that it's well received and that people get something out of it. Absolutely. And I think um, you make it accessible. So it's like, here's a way that you can gently integrate this into your lifestyle. It's not this massive shift that you're going to turn it upside down because as we've seen, that's not sustainable. So if you were going to like give a tip based in your field for someone maybe new or needs reminding, what do you think is the single most important thing? Is it sugar that, that you would love to kind of get that message across to your audience? I mean, sugar is like one of the most, I'm super passionate about the topic and I make a lot of really healthy sweets for that reason. And I think I'm the most passionate about it because it's such an epidemic and because it's hiding in so much of our food. And I think most people realize like, oh, when you have a donut or a cookie, you're very aware that there's sugar in that, right? And we all know. The problem is that did you know there's sugar in your wheat bread and in your crackers and in your condiments and in your salad dressing, like the stuff that we think is healthy. So I think that's why I get the most jazzed about it because I'm like, look at your packages or look what you're consuming. Um, I don't know if there's a single most important thing. I guess the most important thing I would say in general is to really get to know your body and to like pay attention when you're eating, I mean, people will ask me, should I be having dairy? Should I be having gluten? And I have no idea. Like, I have no idea how your body works. I know how my body works. And I know that it changes all the time. So nothing is finite. If you don't have dairy now, because it doesn't make you feel good, it doesn't mean you can't ever again. But I think it's important to touch base with how do I feel after I eat this? Or if I feel really crappy today, go through what did I actually eat? And I think sometimes people get used to just feeling crappy and don't realize how good they could feel. So whether it's sugar or dairy or gluten, I would just start to pay attention to how you feel eating it. And then take it away for a while. Like take it out of your diet for two weeks and see how you feel. Um, But I think we have to be our own experiment. You can read a thousand research studies. Something interesting I learned in my nutrition program was that nutrition is the only science where opposite theories can be proven true. And I find it fascinating. It stuck with me because you can find studies that show you that dairy is amazing. You can find studies that show you that dairy is so horrible. And so no wonder people are confused, right? It's like, what am I supposed to listen to? And the reality is you have to do your own experiments. You need to put it in your body and then see what happens. And that's such wisdom. I love that. And I think that that's really a part of your brand message is the more you tap in, the more your body's wisdom will guide you to for you individually. That's so cool. To listen to once you know it. people are like, "What do you mean, listen to my body?" And it's like, "Okay, well, were you really gassy after you ate that meal?" Like, it's as simple as that. It's, I mean, it's not like it's talking to you, but your body does talk to you. You just have to listen a little bit, and and then give yourself permission to make changes. I mean, I think sometimes we are eating something we think it's fine, and then all of a sudden it doesn't make us feel good, and it's frustrating. But it's okay to switch it up, and it's okay to you know, go outside of a box and eat something different to see what happens. I think you just have to give yourself some leeway with all of it. Absolutely. And really understand that, you know, it's holistic and we're multifaceted. So you maybe were able to eat a piece of pizza last week, but you have a super high stress level this week and it's not working for you. So kind of knowing that there's lots of pieces to the puzzle for sure. Um, Well, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of your work. Um, I'm a fan of your recipes. In fact, I was just looking at your cookies for breakfast. Oh yeah. And uh, they look so yummy. So that's going to be next on my things to do list is to make those little protein balls that you have on your blog. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've given tons of tips, but as we wrap up, do you want to leave an, a little bit of bright light wisdom as a final kind of uh, salutation for our guests? 
I guess, I mean, I'm going through a lot of changes right now in business in general and all the things that, you know, when you talk about like roadblocks or different wisdom, I think for me right now, it's just to keep going. Literally, there are some days where it's really hard and it's really isolating and I feel extremely overwhelmed. Um, but I think with any, if anything, the last couple of months have just taught me that you're capable and just to keep going and you just don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what's going to be delivered in your inbox in an hour. So I try to keep the notion that there can be something exciting happening anytime and you just have to be ready for it. So just keep going. Sometimes it means crawling. Sometimes it means jumping. Um, and it's easy to want this exciting news every day. I get in slumps where I'm like, nothing great happened today, but sometimes nothing bad happening is okay too. So um, Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I think that that is just so key for people. It's just success is showing up. And it takes a lot longer than we think it does. And it's something I've been learning and reminding myself that, like we said, you look at people that have been doing something for 10 years or a decade, or I mean, five years or a decade. And you, it's easy to compare yourself while you're in the background being like, oh my God, I have no clue what I'm doing. So I think something I keep reminding myself is success or wherever you define that as, or wherever you're going, it takes a lot longer than you think it does. It's not overnight. And it takes years and years to be an overnight success, as people say. So Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, you are a joy, and um, I will share all of your information in the show notes and the links. I highly recommend people connect with you, and um, thank you so much for being a guest on Women Developing Brilliance. Thank you so much. Mm, take care. Thank you. Bye.